This is Flyperbole with Steve Jacot and Craig Forsyth. Hello, you wonderful, wonderful quarantine people of Philadelphia, surrounding regions, wherever Flyers hockey is enjoyed, and maybe, maybe not even Flyers fans. Who even knows? I could go on, but I shall not. My name is Steve Jaco. This is Craig Forsyth, and welcome back to Fly Purpley Under Quarantine, a show where we talk about a single Flyers topic at length. Craig, how's your quarantine going, pal? Uh, well, the quarantine is the, the quarantine. I do want to address the people that are here that aren't Flyers fans, though. So. First of all, I mean, thank you. But secondly, I don't. Are you having fun? Like this is a lot of Flyers talk. We ramble on for a while. So if you're if you're just here for the hockey, thank you. But also, uh, I'm sorry, Steve. Your first question was quarantine. Yeah, I'm losing my mind. So we, I've been losing my mind for a couple months though. Uh, but uh, you know, that's uh, who isn't these days? I guess is my point. And, I alternate. Uh, I alternate. Yeah, like, I, I think I that times yeah. where I'm perfectly fine because I I am. It's funny for somebody who puts out two podcasts a week to cl- make this claim, but I am <laughs> kind of an introvert at the end of the day. I same, yeah. Uh, and I'm, it's yeah. I, I'm great talking on this because I don't have to see anybody, I don't have to interact with anybody in person. It's just you, <laughs> and occasionally, very occasionally, me. a yeah. guest. And the, I, there's no eye contact to be made. None of that. It's just this is it. Yeah, and I've offered. You have offered, like I said, and I make eye strongly, whenever you want, strongly decline. Yeah, you've shot me down immediately. Within half seconds each time I've asked, you've said not even a chance. And, uh, no, not a chance. Hard pass. I would, and I've told you not to bring it up on the podcast because you know it makes me uh, feel a certain way. But I guess we're gonna try and power through this now, Steve. Huh? We're gonna try and just pretend like you know that's you know. But that's what's going on with me. I'm losing. I'm as you can see, I'm losing my mind. <laughs> I mean, I alternate because some days I'm totally fine just playing video games and hanging out. And every now and then I get a little Mm -hmm. loopy because I'm not getting enough sun, not getting enough vitamin D. And of course, the world is bleak and terrible outside. And I think I saw this term on a Wired article the other day. I think uh, doom scrolling was the the term they used. And doom scrolling is where you're going through your Twitter timeline or your news timeline. Yeah. Looking, oh, yeah, everything's going yeah. through going. This is horrible, but this is worse. Oh, no, and you spiral into this terrible, terrible feeling. Yeah, well, yeah, it's yeah, because I mean, that's pretty much what it is. Is you don't want to be left out of the loop, but you want to stay connected. But at the same time, it feels like everything, no matter where you look right now, it's just uh, it's just draining. Like, it's keeping up with the news is just draining, and there's nothing to take your mind off it. I mean, hopefully I can't even look little. at my Instagram feed without going into a rage. Like I'll just be scrolling yeah. through and I'll be going, Oh, this person's out without a mask and around Holy. a lot of people. And they're definitely going to get sick and ugh, it drives me nuts. Yeah. I do get the thing. I will, I will say though, I do have the ups and downs too. And I think that's, yeah. Cause there's just, there are days where my, the, what used to be like a regular day for me before where I was mainly just, writing and podcasting and watching hockey uh it's a little different 
now because it's not live hockey, but like today isn't that far off from what I guess I would normally do. But then most days, you know, most days you're going outside to and spending time outside or like there are things you would go do. It's just, it's, it's just tough. Uh, the same old thing over and over again. I really, uh, I mean, I, I don't know. We're just all in it together though. It's the way I'm looking at it. So I, uh, I know whatever I'm feeling is not the only, I'm not the only person going through it, which I hope, I think helps a little bit. And I hope is how people out there are looking at it. If they are, uh, they're really up against it right now, which everybody is. So. It is not. Everybody wants to get back to the bar Absolutely. right now. Get back out there, baby. Let's go rip some yeah, shots. Everybody just reopen, right? We can go right back out there. I'm thinking, yeah, I think we go to the bar. We all do a big group hug, and then we all share a shot. Just one shot glass, we pass it around, and then we uh, just hang out at the bar. Perfect. Absolutely perfect. perfect. Let's do it. But this is not the COVID podcast, even though Under Quarantine is in the title. <laughs> This is the Fly Purpley Under Quarantine podcast show of hockey stuff. Of hockey stuff. The exact title. <laughs> Which is a great title, very succinct, to the point. Folks, we're doing a little rivalry thing. Rivalry week on SB Nation. And I swear I won't do this entire thing in Doc Emmerich voice as tempted as I am. It would be horrible for my vocal cords. I would not be able to speak for a week afterwards. I can... Can I, however, real quick, not to cut you off, but I'm going to cut you off. Can you, if I give you random matchups throughout the podcast, could you do them in the, uh, like the cadence of Doc Emmerich on a robbery night? Like if I give you Blues Coyotes, you just do like, Blues Coyotes, rivalry night. Rivalry week for the Blues and Coyotes, two storied franchises, each of them, with a rivalry that dates back all the way to the year 2000. Sharks! Panthers, the battle for Peter DeBoer next. Like some little shit like that. You couldn't have picked a less exciting <laughs> coach there. If you want to throw it out to me, go right ahead and do that. But in honor of Rivalry Week on SB Nation, uh, and we actually already discussed rivalries on Fly Purpley Under Quarantine. Go back and oh, yeah. listen to that episode, please, if you have not. We are here today in the Thank spirit you, of Rivalry Week to talk about Flyers Killers. And if you're not familiar with that term, a Flyers Killer is a guy who has gone up against the Flyers and just time and time again seems to just destroy the team, just kill them, score a ton of points. Just the Flyers can't seem to solve these guys. And we all have guys that we identify as Flyers Killers, but and sometimes there's these random players that make this up but we're here to talk about the big guns today the guys that just consistently kill the flyers yeah and uh i mean the big example that yeah, we're probably going to spend a good chunk on this episode is uh sydney crosby uh you know every single time he plays the flyers he's going to do some damage in uh some capacity and there's been plenty of guys like that in nhl history unfortunately bumps them were with the penguins but uh we're going to talk about it and yeah, some of the lesser known guys or some of the guys that only had uh, like a strong uh, stretch of games. Like I'm thinking of, uh, I know Fedotenko went off in the 2004 uh, Eastern Conference Final, but I don't know. We're, I, I didn't include him on this list. I was looking at guys that throughout their career just pretty much made the Flyers their, uh, their punching bag. And they're still doing it because there's a bunch of active guys on here. So uh, Yeah, unfortunately. Yeah, yeah, for, yeah the, the misery is not done. Oh, a decade of getting decimated by these guys. It's terrible. 
Buddy, we're working on it's 15 years. We're working on two decades now. It's we're talking, been a great yeah. period of time. It's been fucking terrible. Yeah. <laughs> but let's talk about it. Let's talk yeah, let's about maybe yeah. the most hated man in Flyers history because I can't think of somebody the Flyers fans hate more you know than Sidney Crosby. Yeah. Sidney Crosby really... has been flat out loathed here since day one. And looking back to when we talked about flyerish non-flyers with Bill Matz, sadly would probably be one of the greatest flyers in history. Yeah, he would probably be if not he, the greatest yeah. if he had played here instead of Pittsburgh. But he plays in Pittsburgh. We hate his guts. Flyers fans will take any opportunity to trash Crosby or make fun yeah. of him. My favorite memory with this is uh, at the Eagles Super Bowl parade when some random guy had a sign that said Crosby's still a bitch. <laughs> Jesus it's sad, Christ. but it cracks me up. Yeah. But like, the thing is, the hate is, the hate was there from day one because people thought he was soft or whatever. But mm-hmm. the hate is warranted because Sidney Crosby has destroyed oh, the Flyers his entire yeah. career. Yeah. And to go back to Bill's point of like, I think that goes into, he kind of would make an ideal flyer. Like he was, he's a very flyerish flyer that never played for he's a grinder he's pretty much the like the biggest point producing his style of play is, is grinding he's just puck possession and he uh just doesn't really put himself out in the public light that much so he's pretty much just doesn't goes and does his work and doesn't make a big stink about it which in philadelphia i feel like people would fucking eat up so he he really would have been i think pretty popular in philly and uh he does Murder the Flyers. He is fourth with 105 points all time against the Flyers. Uh, 43 goals, 62 assists. Uh, the goals are tied for fifth all time against the Flyers, and assists are seventh. Uh, and he's also played the fewest amount of games, and he's the only active player uh, in the top four of uh, points against the Flyers uh, career wise. So he's only going to climb up those ranks. Uh, it's Lemieux, Yager, and Trache in front of him. So he's got time to move up those uh, ranks in the regular season. He is first by a fair amount in uh, playoff points, though. He's got 36 playoff points, 15 goals, and 21 helpers uh, against Philadelphia in the playoffs. Tied for first with Gretzky in goals, and he's first. Uh, he stands alone as first in assists. Uh, second, <laughs> second with. I mean, it, it doesn't help that we have to play him every damn year with yeah. the stupid NHL playoff format as it is. But even before that playoff format, the Flyers were playing the Penguins pretty consistently back in like 08, 09, like that era. Yeah, no, they. Um, yeah, the thing that the, the Crosby's numbers are big too because before. You're right. Before this playoff format, it used to be the one through eight, and there used to be three divisions in each conference, and it was five teams, and you played the shit out of those teams in your conference. So, like back when it was, um, it was the old Atlantic. It was like pretty sure it's the uh, the Flyers, Penguins, Islanders, Rangers, Devils, and I'm sure I'm, I'm probably gonna be messing up. But and you play those teams, I think, eight times each season. So like Flyer Crosby's uh, regular season numbers have gone up a little bit, and they've been helped by that even though he's still, uh, you know, beating the shallow fires. But, yeah, the 2008, uh, 07-08, 08-09 were, like, the height of Crosby just kind of taking it to the Flyers because it was the that Flyers deep run in 2008, which was a pretty nice story. You know, six seed takes down uh, the Caps, who were supposed to have a pretty nice run in the first round, and then they take down the top seed, the Canadians, and then just get absolutely walked by uh, the Penguins in the stand, or the uh, Eastern Conference Final. Crosby had a hand in that. And then the next year was... Uh, probably in the Penguins setting out the Flyers in the first round and then going to the Cup. 
So like he that was that, and then the Plow series in 2018 was absolutely nuts. Like that, I still don't really count that as a Plow series because I thought that was a series I knew the Flyers were going to walk in. Like it was gonna, it just wasn't gonna be a good time. But he did put up uh, 13 points in that playoff series, which is the second most for a player in a single playoff series against the Flyers in uh, franchise history. So that's uh, yeah, and he's been. I mean, he's had those. Uh, he's never had what was it? No, he had three uh, regular season OT goals. I don't think he's had a game-winning goal in the playoffs. Uh, but he's had a couple multi-goal games, and he had a hat-trick in game one of 2018. Yeah, so that's why. I mean, he had a hat-trick in game one of 2018, but that was also a 7 and seven and nothing loss. So, like, again, it wasn't that. They all blurred together. <laughs> yeah, they all blurred together. Yeah, and, and his other multi-goal game was he had two goals in game six in 2009, uh, Eastern Conference quarterfinals, which, uh, you know, those goals a little more important. Uh, those stung a little bit more. Uh, so that, and I'm yeah, it was uh, not cool. Also, has three regular season OT goals, and uh, one. I mean, one of them was earlier this year, which I'm not. I'm still not that bummed about it because it was the first game back from the All Star break, and the Flyers had their best, may have had the, their best period of the season in that third period, and then they just ended up losing in overtime. So that one wasn't that painful. But uh, his first one, second trip to Philly, it was the Darian. He won in overtime, but it was the Darian Hatcher hit. Do you remember the Darian Hatcher hit? Or like the clips of it where he Crosby had a rush up against Hatcher, went to the zone, and Hatcher just pretty much socked him up high, like caught him with a stick up high, and I think knocked out a couple of his teeth. And then Crosby fell to the ice and was laying on Hatcher's stick, and Hatcher just pulls him away, like pulls his stick out from underneath of him. It was a huge fucking hit. And it was like Crosby's big welcome to Philly moment. And then all he did was uh, score the game winner late in the game. All, all he did was just kill the Flyers. Yeah, all he did was start his upon career. Years, upon yeah. years <laughs> after that. I mean, it was probably Hatcher's best moment as a Flyer. Yeah, that was definitely one of the more favorable ones, yeah. Actually, you know what? I'll go with that because I, I don't have a – yeah, I don't remember Hatcher having a lot of big uh, – I, I remember having a lot of big slow moments. I remember having a lot of exciting, fun, good moments. So we'll go with him knocking out Crosby. Um. Oh, uh, nine players have uh, what is it? nine players have two OT goals against the Flyers. So his three regular season overtime goals was the most for any player against the Flyers uh, in, in franchise history, too. So Crosby's just at the top of a lot of these lists. Uh, he's been there for a lot of the misery over the last couple years. Uh, and also, I mean, you know, for getting out of the idea of just uh, on the ice, uh, theoretically, the Crosby's been a real asshole when it comes to the uh, Flyers-Penguins rivalry. He's not exactly helping Flyers fans that way. He's a real Flyers killer in that in that sense. Because he's just been uh, collecting cups out in Pittsburgh while uh, Flyers are still stuck on hashtag 1975. So he might be yeah. he might be the all-time biggest. The, I mean, he is points-wise. It feels like he is. Kills the Flyers when it comes to point production. And just considering the 08, 09 runs and then... Um, Everything with 2012, too. I mean, that was, uh, he had a role in that as well. The, I don't like them. <laughs> the comments after uh, game three and everything. And uh, not going to which I love, but just, uh, I, I would say he would be on the, on the Flyers all time, uh, Flyers Killers all time roster. I would say he's on the first line. Somewhere on the first line. I would say he is uh, one of the best when it comes to killing the Flyers. 
And uh, I mean, there's a couple ways to go after that, Steve. We can, I want to keep with the Penguins because there's a couple. I mean, you might as well there. just stay with the current team. And, yeah, yep. okay. you know, it's it's. I think it would be fine if it was. I don't think the Penguins would have won as many cups. I don't think it would be as painful if it was just Crosby. But the fact that it's Crosby and Evgeny Malkin is what has made this past like decade plus of Flyers Penguins hockey so painful. Yeah. And, and Malkin, uh, he's been, I I think he should have won. Uh, I think it was a 2016 consummate. I wanted him to win. It was 2016 and 2017. One of those years he went off and I felt like, uh, Crosby, I don't think should have gotten both those consummates. If he even really won in 2016 or 17. I feel like Malkin should have another one too, but going into it, uh, tied for 15th all time, uh, in points against Flyers with 73, 28 goals in 58 games, uh, third with 27 playoff points against the Flyers, 13 goals and 14 assists, tied for third most goals, uh, fourth with 1.23 goals per game in the playoffs against Philly. Uh, I went back, I think, um, I forget. I think it was fifth. They had to play at least 15 games for the Flyers the playoffs was cut off for the goals per game ranks. So when I, I list the uh, the rankings of the goals per game, we're not, it's not like, you know, Jake Gensel got in there because he played six games and lit the world on fire. I'm looking at a couple of playoff series that they had to play against the Flyers. And then this guy, Malkin's still averaging over a goal per game against the Flyers in the postseason. And uh, I remember he was pretty big pain in the ass in 08 and 09 again, as usual. And uh, literally he was just going around trying to uh, – I mean, he tried to take up Drew's head that one time with failed punch. Always seems to be going around and trying to uh, actually kill Flyers, it seems like. He took the swing at Michael Raffle. Um, you know, generally... swing? Yeah, yeah. The, the generally uh, cheap stuff that I, I guess most uh, other hockey writers forget about, but we get to see all the time because he just... He's not good at being cheap sometimes. Like, he's very bad at hiding it or he just fucks it up. So uh, I think that's why he doesn't get have the reputation for as being dirty, for being as dirty. I think because I remember I forget what the incident was. Uh, I think it was in the 2019 postseason, and a bunch of writers naturally were like, "Oh, he's not. You know, he does. That's not his reputation." And then like Caps and Flyers fans were like, "Yeah, yeah, a little bit. Yeah, that's kind of what he does. <laughs> a little bit. You know, we got to see him a bunch every year, and he, he tries to kill guys like all the time, just yeah. a little bit. He's just he's just so angry about being." The most hideous man in hockey. I mean, just, <laughs> if I looked like Sloth from the Goonies, I this is. But the problem is, like, this is like the the ugly jokes are what we use to to get by. When the fact yeah, of the there's no is, other... he is a great freaking hockey player and destroys yeah. the Flyers. Yeah, thank God. You know, like I hate things... I hate that I'm I'm admitting this even. Yeah. Well, I, well I, I'm just. Ugh. I'm just happy. All things considered, like. Uh... We didn't get a hybrid. As Flyers fans, there was no hybrid of a rival. Like, uh, Evgeny Malkin's skill didn't combine with, like, Lundqvist's face. So then the person, like, nobody like Lundqvist, like, Lundqvist hasn't won shit ever. So I'm sure he's been, you know, he's been painful against Flyers, and he's been really, really good. But he's not somebody that really causes Flyers fans a lot of pain because he has, you know, he's not a penguin that's won cups. So, like, if if Malkin, you look like Lundqvist, we'd have nothing we would have nothing against that player. Like, a, you know, just... Oh, I might hate him for Just dominate this job. <laughs> yeah, it would be like, it would be, he has too much of everything. So I think Malkin had to get that to break even. And uh, 
you know, God kind of, I mean, he did break it even because he's, you know, he's not, not a good looking guy. Uh, he's never going to hear this. He's fine. And he's a ton of money. That's true. So. Well, he will not. Yeah, he's not. Yeah. So, fuck, I mean, don't worry about it. He'll, he'll be okay. Uh, and uh, I also don't think it matters because he, again, is, you know, laying the hockey world on fire. Not one of the 100 greatest hockey players ever, though. I do want to point that out, as NFL.com declared uh, years ago. But he is, he is I pretty good. I mean, why would NHL.com be wrong in their assessment? Yeah, I think that was Angel. I don't fucking care. That list was, yeah, they were wrong. So that's, uh, uh, and then to complete the top line of Penguins, uh, you know, Penguins that were Flyers killers throughout the career, we have uh, Mary Lemieux. And also, uh, we're not going to, I mean, we do have another one on the list here, but he's also a former Flyer. But uh, Lemieux, first all time with 124 uh, points against the Flyers in the regular season, 51 goals and 73 assists and 71 games uh, so you could just make an entire team of penguins yeah that's list. pretty much what it is them yeah we haven't gotten to to Yager yet too so they're four of their top six are gonna be penguins which i guess makes sense but still oh and trotch yeah um sans leno's most goals and tied with trotch and yager for most assists against the flyers 20 power play goals second most and 63 power play points are the most against the flyers in the regular season in franchise history uh and like i was telling you before the podcast even i gotta go back I'm going to see how they get paid for this 1989 uh, series against the, the Flyers and Penguins. Uh, 1989 Patrick Division Finals. Mary Lemieux had nine goals and 14 points to set uh, the highs in goals and points in a single series against the Flyers in franchise history. The Penguins, however, lost that series in seven games, and also Lemieux didn't lead the series in scoring. Tim Kerr had 10 fucking goals and 15 points in seven games. In seven playoff games. 10 goals. I know it's the 80s, and technically they didn't have goalies, and I think they were counting goals by two back then, but, like, still, five goals in a playoff series. Or, like, uh, 10 10 goals in a playoff series is just uh, nuts. Uh, And he did have um, five goals. uh, Five goals in game five of that series, which was a 10-7 win. for the Penguins. So uh, maybe that 1989 series was just 2012, uh, about, you know, a little over 20 years earlier. Maybe that was what that was. But still, if that's the case, we got nothing just else. Just a tradition. I'll go back and watch that. Yeah. yeah every couple yeah. of years, the league's just like 24. They're like, uh, Flyers and Penguins about to do that shit again? Uh, they piss at each other? Yeah. Let's, uh, let's change the plot. Ron Hextall, <laughs> in, that, in that series, Ron Hextall had an 861 save percentage. And Tom Barrasso had an 874 save percentage. Hell yeah. That's, fuck yeah. That's called hockey right there. <laughs> oh my God. That's uh, that's ridiculous. I mean, and also, again, for Lemieux, uh, he would have had, I think he would have had, like, that's regular season numbers. Um, I didn't even put down where he was in uh, postseason, but he's, I believe he's uh, second or third. But he was his. He would have been first. I think he would have been ahead, ahead of Crosby. The Flyers were better uh, in the nineties. The Flyers had a real rough patch in the early nineties, and they went five years without reaching the postseason. And the the Penguins won the cups in ninety one and ninety two. Those fucking uh, Crosby, Yager, Trottier, and Francis teams. Um, and so, like the Flyers make the playoffs in those. Uh, I had a feeling when these numbers are going to go up from there. <laughs> I don't think that's a series where. Uh, just the game totals go up. I'm sure he probably would have dumped in a bunch of goals and assists against like an eight-seeded Flyers. So, in a way, it could have been worse for Lemieux, but uh, his injuries and the Flyers' lack of being good uh, 
white, I guess Edward Prime probably uh, prevented him from being a bigger Flyers killer. Uh, but yeah, those are three. So, and then the last one. Uh, oh, before you go to the last one. Oh, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, trivia time for you. Which oh, Penguin had the second most points in that 89 series? Oh, God. Uh, Great name. One of the greatest. Zarly Zalavsky. Yep, that's it. There you go. <laughs> okay. I'll, I'll guess that because I saw that name when I was looking it up and I was like, I have fucking no idea who else is on that roster. <laughs> and it was like, no, Zarly Zalavsky. I saw, I've seen Zarly Zalavsky and Valerie Zelabukin. I've seen those names like five times this year. Oh, Zelabukin. Great A, great A hockey names that there's no fucking need for you to bring up at all in like the last. However many years, so I'm a bunch. Like, of how many Z names do you see in Z last names <laughs> do you see in life, and then yeah. or Z for our Canadian listeners? I'm gonna like, write I'm, about. Uh, you know, I'm not yeah. gonna say that. <laughs> I'm gonna write about Harry Zolnerchuk for. Uh, I'm gonna write about Harry Zolnerchuk next. Just get all the Z names out there. The get flying Zeds. <laughs> that's a good line name if we can ever oh, that is. three Z it's last re- names together. Yeah, which that sounds like a thing that somebody becomes a GM. That sounds like. The idea that causes somebody's career. Like, somebody gets the idea, and then they just try to become a hockey GM. And they're like, is there any way? Can we get Zetterberg back? And, like, uh, where are we at with these guys? And they just try and collect player names and see and put out the worst fucking hockey team in the history of the NHL. <laughs> <laughs> Trade for Igor Zamula. Get him in the Oh, man. There we yeah. go. Endless possibilities. That's, that's part Just one. kidding. Yeah, there's no not a lot of Z names, so there's limited. I think we'd be remiss if we're going to talk about Lemieux being a Flyers killer, but not mention uh, how he got the ultimate sign of respect, though, from mm-hmm. Flyers fans when he came back from his battle with cancer and yeah. got that standing ovation from from Flyers fans, which is such a, a great moment. And it's basically the opposite of every feeling, every interaction we've ever had with with Crosby and Malkin, <laughs> like that sign of respect for Lemieux and that battle he fought and, and coming back like that. That's one of the great flyers moments. And I just really wanted to mention that since we were talking about Lemieux and his relationship with the flyers, he absolutely destroyed the flyers over the years, but we still gave him that respect when it came time. Yeah, to no, that is true. And that is something that, you know, people bring up every once in a while, but considering how much Philly gets shit on for being, uh, classless and like all disrespectful with uh, the fandom and everything. That is a moment we probably should talk about more and more often. And maybe uh, I should make the center of a return flight. Maybe I think that was 97, wasn't it? It was the end of his career. Was that playoff series in 97? I don't know. But it was... Because uh, I thought it was for the playoff. Oh, no, no, never mind. It was for when he just returned. That's what it was. Don't mind me. I'm just... Uh, I'm just talking. <laughs> Nothing to see here, people. <laughs> just quarantine. Nothing to see Just quarantine very running wild, so... Uh, but, yeah, know, I don't... Lemieux... Do you think... Wanna... Oh, sorry, go what were you going to ask? What were you going to ask? I was going to say, do you think, so you just alluded to it, but like, do you think if Crosby and Malkin were to leave the game for a few years and come back after something like that, they would get the same reception? I think they would. I just think, I know. I don't even want to entertain that thought. Like, I don't even yeah. want to think about it because I, I, I feel, I don't know. I don't I, know because people yeah. really hate Sidney Crosby here and I don't even want to speculate about that. Yeah. I think Yeah, I guess the thing with uh I guess Lemieux was 
like I said earlier, I guess Crosby goals are a lot more like grinding goals. So they're not as you watch him play, you know, he's scoring incredible goals. The Mew might be the most skilled, might be the most skilled player ever. Yeah, um, Lemieux is one of the like best flat out so, players I've ever yeah, watched. Yeah, so like there like, might him be him and Connor McDavid are just like yeah, they're athleticism and nuts. Yeah, you know there's and, there's some pretty good company coming up in a moment too for Lemieux in that category. Yeah, in fact, somebody that people have argued if it wasn't for all the health issues that Lemieux would have might have uh, been right up there with this man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and um, so I they think... call him the Great One. <laughs> Oh shit! Oh wait, uh, King Stars. Do you have? Can you give me the Doc voice for a King Stars rivalry? Sure. <laughs> um, you really caught me off guard there. <laughs> okay, um, well I'll go back. I'll make my point real quick. All right. Well, no, you uh, make your point, and I'll I'll come yeah, up with some the, fun uh, things to say about the Kings and the Stars. So, like, Lemieux was. It was. I guess when you're watching him play. The thing with Crosby, I feel like with Flyers fans, is they feel like a lot of Crosby's goals that go in are just entirely a luck. And believe me, there are some where you're kind of like, well, that wow, must be nice to be the Penguins. But a lot of his stuff, like a lot of redirection goals or like the blue collar goals that he scores, like carrying the puck on his backhand and with a defender draped on his back to the net, are like things that aren't as. They're difficult to do, but they're not as eye grabbing. Like they, they wouldn't be as jaw dropping as with the stuff that Lemieux would do. And also, I think some something that goes into it is, I'm sure Flyers fans probably felt like the uh, the Penguins got Lemieux fairly with the draft. Where I think Crosby, it still kind of feels like the league wanted Pittsburgh to get Crosby that year. So there might be some kind of form of resentment with that. I don't know, but I think when it came down to it, I think I think Philly fans would do the right thing. That's just my general, uh, general uh, opinion. Well, you're you're welcome to think about that. I don't even want to think about <laughs> such a scenario. I don't I don't want to. Yeah, because we're there are a lot of assumptions for we're jumping to the conclusion that one of these guys gets severely sick, and then we're hoping that the city wouldn't prove us wrong. But I think I don't know. I, I'm trusting Flyers fans. Got that preview lined up? The weather in this <laughs> in these cities are. Wait. The weather in these both of these cities is extremely hot, but not as hot as the rivalry between oh the God. Los Angeles Kings and the Dallas Stars. <laughs> All right, so that was <laughs> that was good. A, a, I'll give you an A for that one. A plus. A. Thank you, thank you very Considering much. How but, screw that, but, that topic was, we, yeah. we go from talking about one of the greatest players in NHL history, Mario Lemieux, to talking about the greatest player in NHL history, in Wayne Gretzky, who the Flyers had the misfortune of facing twice in the 1980s for the Stanley Cup final. Like, how unbelievable is it that the Flyers had to face the great, arguably the greatest team in NHL history twice for the Stanley Cup? (laughs) Yeah. So going through, let's go through, I'll run through his numbers real quick. Uh, Second uh, playoff points against the Flyers with 34, 15 goals and 19 assists. Tied with Crosby for most amount of goals and second in assists in the postseason. First, uh, with a goals per game average against the Flyers in the postseason with 1.7. He has two of the eight. Uh, so in the postseason, uh, 11 times over the years, or no, no, eight times over the years, uh, a player has posted 11 points or more in a single postseason series against the Flyers. Gretzky has two of them, uh, and they're 11-point series. And like you just said, Steve, they both came in the fucking Stanley Cup. 
So Gretzky's out there posting 11 point series in the 1985 Stanley Cup final, in the 1987 Stanley Cup final. He had seven goals in the 1985 Stanley Cup final. Uh, it's the second most goals in a single series against Philadelphia behind the Muse uh, series where the Penguins lost. So the most amount of goals for a team where they beat the Flyers uh, was 1985 Stanley Cup final for Wayne Gretzky. And uh, I, mean, I said this to you too before the show, but like, you know. It's really hard to argue that the two best seasons in franchise history were in 74 and 75 because of the Cups. But, God, like, the that Oilers dynasty was so ridiculous in the 80s. And the Flyers took them to seven games in 87 against, like, just uh, Gretzky, Messier, like, Curry, Gary Curry, Paul Coffey, Paul Coffey, like, all these guys. And the Flyers almost beat them. Uh, and were the team they had to beat twice. So, like, if the Flyers could have team, another cup or two if they yeah. just didn't if, play if maybe the best those, team ever. If they beat those 87 Oilers, I think they... That's... I, that's... that's. I mean, that might even rival the Bullies for... I think it's the best, best Flyers story of all time, for sure. But it might even what? rival the Bullies for, you know, the... Uh, as far as like great Flyers teams go. if it, Obviously, they're right up there with them, but it's... Man... It's, I would say it's one of the biggest what ifs. Yeah, I like the '87 team. If they won, I don't think there'd be any. Like, I think an argument can be made that the '86 '87 team was the best team ever because I when I, was, I went back on doing the goal series and when I wrote about the JJ Daniel goal. I think that the Flyers had more points in the regular season than the Oilers that year. So, like that team was just good. And if they didn't, I think if, if Tim you, Kerr was healthy, yeah, if Tim Kerr was healthy, yeah. And like uh, I mean, the only I, other, that's what it comes down to, right? If Tim yeah, yeah, no, yeah, because they I really think, did everything they could. I think story wise, like it would be, it would be up there. I think the the uh, the one year they didn't win that would have been the story that would ever take the two cups would have been twenty ten. I think if they finished the job in twenty ten, that's a surreal story. You go, oh, yeah, from that's an unbelievable twenty ninth in the league in the middle of the season, must win games down the stretch at the end of the season, win the shootout, and then the rest. You know, but, Goalie comes in off the street. Yeah, so much stuff. And, like, that that comeback again, like, there's so many layers of that comeback where it makes me... It's not the most... Like, in terms of importance, it wasn't the greatest comeback from being down 0-3 in a series, but when you look at the obstacle the, the Flyers ever came, I think there's a case to be made that, like, that might be the, the greatest comeback just in terms of the hill they had to climb. Like, their, Jeff Carter got hurt in, that, in the middle of that series. They had to switch starting goalies in the middle of that series. The Bruins were a house team in the regular season going into the playoffs and the Flyers based and placed them in the second round. Uh, and just, uh, just everything. But, uh, so yeah, Gretzky, let's get back to Gretzky. Uh, guys, Gretzky a lot of goals just, the Flyers. he's all right. Yeah. He just, he's, he just killed the Flyers in the eighties. Like he, and, and this is like, this is a guy who's remembered as a Flyers hater, just based on a few playoff series. Like he very rarely was playing the Flyers regularly in the regular no, no, yeah. season. Because he he didn't join the Rangers until late in his career, and that was a a pretty brief stint, only a couple seasons. Yeah, like the yeah, and that would have only been for '97. Uh, uh, no, it would have been for yeah, it would have been for '97 because I don't think he was there '95. No, I'm blanking. But I mean, still, it was he just terrorized the, the Flyers and the Cups, which unfortunately is the only time it really mattered. But he, uh, big reason why the Flyers don't have a third or, or fourth cup is because of those teams. And obviously, those teams were a lot of, uh, 
a lot of Wayne Gretzky. It's hard to argue that. Uh, I do. Gretzky, I do. by the way, three seasons with the New York Rangers, uh, 96, 97, 97, 98, and okay. 98, 99. Yeah. So he was there for that. Uh, the five he still games. put up 62 points at the age of 38 in 70 games. In that NHL. In that NHL. Like, and uh, yeah, in the. Uh, Let's watch four overtimes for a goal type of hockey. I actually did not even realize that he was still putting up that many points. That's ridiculous. Yeah, it's kind of, yeah. 97 points in 96, 97, 90 points in 97, 98, and then 62 in 98, 99. Seven points in 96, 97. That's kind of nuts. I didn't even realize that either. That is really, damn, that's something. Yeah, uh, I, I do think too because uh, since we we're talking about them, I don't know how often we want to get into uh, discussion on a regular play podcast, but I do think a case can be made that if Lemieux was healthy, he could have been the best of all time. Like it, because I do think he is. It's tough to like. I think he's more athletic than Gretzky. Like I think the things Lemieux did out there, I was just more. I just didn't understand well, how he did. just had a ton of wow plays. Just yeah, you know, Gretzky was in, the biggest old wow. <laughs> oh wow! Like Gretzky was amazing oh, wow. because you know he was sifting through defenses and you could tell he could see like two or three plays ahead. But Lemieux was uh, yeah, Lemieux just had the oh wow factor when it came to some places. People out there, not that Gretzky did. You know what the fuck I'm saying? But yeah, right, we but, really uh, yeah, yeah. It'd be more of a like topic the, of discussion. Like, Gretzky was just a machine, whereas Lemieux yeah. was just—he had the stick handling stuff. Again, it's the McDavid—it's kind of like McDavid and Crosby, well, because yeah. Crosby doesn't really wow you that much, but he does so many little things right and just is mm-hmm. amazing. Whereas McDavid's the one who really got those like amazing, like jaw-dropping plays consistently. Yeah. No. Yeah. That is that is very true. I think that's an apt comparison. Yeah. I was gonna say too, since. Uh... We're bringing up Crosby again, too. I remember the in 2018 game two, he did fuck up a bunch of plays to help the Flyers win. So I wanted to bring that up since we're talking about him killing the Flyers. But he missed on a breakaway in the second period. And then late in the second period, he was set up for a dunk at the side of the net and, and whipped on it. And then the Flyers took over in the third period. So it's not all pain and misery, but, you know, that was the second game in a series of Flyers ultimately lost and took some beatings in that series as well. That series, that 2018 series, fucking it was the Flyers had two different five goal losses in that series, <laughs> and they had to go to six games. I just don't ever understand it. But. Uh, another going back to uh, the Penguins, though, and I, I'm going to go here uh, next to even Yarmy Yager, who did not talk about it yet. Uh, second all time with 120 points in 101 games against the Flyers during the regular season, 47 goals to second all time, and 73 assists is tied for first. First with 81 even trade points against Philly during the regular season of his career, and he's tied for second with two regular season OT goals. One came with the Penguins in December of 92, and then another one came with the Rangers in February of 2006. But, uh, yeah, this is another one, again, if, you know, if he was on the Caps or Rangers when they were actually – if the Caps or Rangers were more competitive when he was actually on those teams and if the Flyers were better in the early 90s, like he would be even – I think he'd be even higher up on this list. Uh, but the timing really, uh, I guess, didn't line up that much. Although, again, I think they played in maybe part of the night or '97. He was there too, but still. Uh, yeah, and I mean, Yager still put up monster numbers on those teams. Oh yeah, he still did. Absolutely. The team around him wasn't that good. It's yeah. 
man, Yager was such a pain in the ass. He uh-huh. sucked <laughs> to play against. And I was not excited when he disappeared. Well, I was excited when he initially disappeared to the KHL. And when he came back to the NHL, I was not excited. <laughs> He's coming back to the Flyers because yeah. it was just like, He's old. What's he going to? And I, I also just resented him from <laughs> from killing the Flyers in the late 90s. He just was, it he was, was uh, such a pain in the ass to play against. He just the only guy on the Flyers that could shut him down was Chris Frigatarian. It still doesn't make sense. And I, I was yeah. not excited, but he actually ended up having such a great memorable season. We talked about him on on short term Flyers as one of the great short term Flyers. Yeah. And I just Man, I just he, oh hated him in the late nineties. I hated this guy. <laughs> well, you always talk about. I think. I mean, his look definitely played into it because I mean, you've mentioned a couple times in the past couple of weeks about uh, the the long flowing like mullet definitely yeah. played a factor. But honestly, as much and I think other people resented the look more. I mean, they played again. This is something that is like really a dated, not funny thing now, but it was yeah. you know funny to stupid people like me teenage me in the late 90s they played <laughs> dude looks like a lady when uh they played yeah. against yager <laughs> yeah. and now it's like oh my god what the hell was wrong with us but regardless like it was a unique ridiculous look now it's one of the classic hockey looks yeah. it's and, and now it's but more like, more the, like the yeah. thing was though it, whatever about the look is you know as ridiculous as that mullet was it went down to his ass it was huge um <laughs> As ridiculous as that was, it was just the fact that he was just so good and he just devastated the Flyers. Yeah. Yeah. That wasn't a, uh, I wasn't talking about like you, uh, you joking around with it, but I think the, I think that played into it of just this guy, you know, people think the, the hair makes him, you know, look like a wuss or whatever. And then he's going out there on the ice and he's just putting his ass in the players or working around people like, uh, that would probably, you know, probably piss everybody off. And if he's rocking well, up, this was points, also like, very much the period of time where the Flyers were not drafting really European players and staying away from like Russian slash European players, that kind of stuff. Like going with players like Mike Ricci instead of a player like Yarmie Yager. I mean, they were, yeah, 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 they were big. That's still one of the great gaffes in Flyers. One of the great, that's a, you know, that word's over interpretation, I think. Great gaffes. That's actually our next uh, five probably under quarantine is great oh. gaffes. The great gaffes be. Uh, oh, my God. But regardless, it's just... Oh, my God. Hold on. Who is... Who would be the great gaffes in uh, I mean, in Flyers history? This is this is a podcast right here. A whole podcast. All right. But it could be Armir Yager. It could be Peter Forsberg. You know, there's a lot of options here. No. That is, uh, you know, I'm going to make a note of that because uh, I'm going to add flyers. Hold on. Flyers. Oh, my God. Should I cut this part out? <laughs> no, I got it. No, we're good. <laughs> okay, good. So, I mean, but the thing is, Yager is a pain in the ass. Should have gotten him in the first place. And, yeah, it's just like that whole European flair where the flyers were like, we're just tough Canadians and Americans. You know, it's just like... <laughs> Because the Flyers didn't have that many flashy guys. Lindros was about the flashiest they got, and he got a ton of shit, even though he was a machine who still decked guys whenever he could and just had concussion issues. But, like, mm-hmm. he still got a ton of shit all the time from people. Yeah. Yeah. I also, you know, it could just be. But, like, the thing is, 
the the attitude and the people just again they're one of those rough and tumble Canadian and Americans. Yep. Yeah. That's uh and uh Yager was not that, but he did uh, you know, somehow, I don't know how not being a North American, still put up points in the NHL. Uh, just cleaned up. And uh real pain in the ass. <laughs> I mean, so based off the if we were to do a team and looking at the the four penguins options, who would be the top line? If you had to leave Jesus one off. Christ. Who are you thinking? I mean, I'm probably I would probably ugh, if I wanted to make the ultimate like Flyers killer top line, I'd probably go with uh, Lemieux, Crosby and Yager. Yeah. OK. Yeah, that's fair. And then leave Malkin. Yeah, because Malkin, again, there's a lot of uh, it's a lot yeah, of total... Sean Couturier can shut him down, too. Mm, so. Yeah, that too. I was going to say he hasn't had like a well, of course, I'm probably going to forget it now, but I don't remember having like a big backbreaking goal in the playoffs at any point in time. I just, I, can you remember a game Crosby didn't score against the Flyers? No, that's, uh, yeah, no, there's, it's every game, regular season or postseason. It's, he's, and the thing too is like some games, like there are games where, you know, a team will quote unquote take them away. And when you look at it, like, I think, I remember writing about that win back in January to the, the one where they were, or not the win, uh, the overtime loss. Um, the game before that was before the All-Star break. That's the one that the um, Flyers won in Philly. They didn't let Crosby have a single shot attempt at 5-on-5. Five five. And it was like the first game, like 70-something games the Flyers hadn't done that. So I was like, oh, wow, that's pretty good. And then when you look when you look at rewatch the game or whatever, I think he hit the post on a shot. And then he also set up two dimes on the power play. So, like, yeah, you didn't let him get a shot on 5-on-5. Five five. He still set up two goals and nearly scored on the power play by himself. So there's really like every game against the Flyers, he's going to be hurt. They really can't shut him down, and it's terrible. <laughs> it's the worst. It's the worst. Um, and Malkin again, he's just he's been in there. I'm not saying he's riding the coattails of Crosby, but he's just not been the main guy bringing down the Flyers all these years. He's been a nice, yeah. Uh, yeah. And I think, and I guess the same could be said of Yager with Lemieux, but Yager is a bigger uh, second, I guess, like secondary punch. Their offensive. Uh, I yeah, Lemieux and Yager was one of the just worst one-two punches right there. Yeah. I mean, it just sucked to play against those guys. But again, Crosby and Malkin is no picnic. It mm. is always difficult to play against them. I mean, especially also when they had Kessel. Like just, ugh. it, it just oh, yeah. sucked. The Penguins could just run a few lines of nobodies with their stars out there, and you just couldn't do anything no, just, and it was terrible yeah. and, and the penguins ultimately are the biggest pain in the like the fact that i didn't put wayne gretzky on that top line is crazy <laughs> yeah but that's definitely insane yeah. you could you could make a t- in a th- an amazing top line with most of these guys and and the thing is we don't even you have a ton of forwards listed here i have a ton of forward right. the, I, yeah, let, i'd like to buzz through the rest of the forwards but no, like, yeah, let's do it, yeah. the fact that that's just the tip of the iceberg as far as that goes yeah. but the fact is the penguins have really just this rivalry has not been great for a while. Like it's, it's a great rivalry, but it's really bad to us. Yeah. It's been like, I mean, if you think of the last five, four playoff series against the Penguins, well, has been underdogs in every single one. They had an amazing opening round series against them in 2012 and won that, but there was still that year. People were penciling the Penguins in the Stanley Cup final. So like, that was nice that they overcame that, but they were not favorites in that one. Obviously, weren't favorites in like 2008. 
2009 wasn't much better. And then 2018, I didn't get the Flyers. I didn't think the Flyers had any chance of coming out. So it's been a minute since there's been a truly, like, competitive, this is level footing kind of series going on uh, between the Flyers. It's just been kind of waiting for the Penguins to start talking. Them. <laughs> We're not going to have goals against the Flyers here. Uh, and I'll, and to your point, too, about rattling through the sports here, I, I put together, uh, I thought we were going to put together uh, teams. I just went through and rattled off some of like, the best players, uh, tried to put together like the best 12 forwards. Some of these guys played in the 80s and 70s. I'm not going to be able to rattle off that much about them, but I got the uh, got the baseline stats. So, like, Daryl Sittler was a guy I put on here as a Flyers killer. I had a five-goal game in Toronto's 8-5 win. Game six of the 1976 quarterfinals, one of two five-goal games, uh, playoff games against the Flyers in history. And he was the other one. Uh, and he had 12 points in a series, uh, 1977, against the Flyers. of fourth most points in a single series against Philly. Third with 1.35 goals per game in the playoffs uh, against the Flyers. Um, he played 17 playoff games against the Orange Black. So, And again, he is all-time uh, most amount of goals in a game, I believe is him. I think he had, uh most amount of points is 10. Uh, I believe he has that. He did that with the Leafs, and then he joined the Flyers later on. So former Flyer that actually didn't do much for the Flyers in the postseason. Uh, Brian Trottier. The table is oldest time right there. Yeah, I mean, the, one of the oldest. Uh, I mean, one of the best hockey players ever. Third all-time uh, in points against the Flyers with 117, 44 which are goals, which is the fourth most against the Flyers all-time. Uh, first with 20 power play goals, second with 70 even strength points, and second with 45 power play points. Uh, one of seven players with three game-winning goals in the playoffs against Philly. Uh Two came in the Stanley Cup, 1980 Stanley Cup final. So they're game three and game four wins, which are multi goal wins, but he had the game winner in. Uh, then game six of the 1987 Patrick Division finals. Philly ultimately won that series in seven, but still um, three game winners against him in that decade. Uh, and then won six game, he won six cups on teams that the Flyers hate. So obviously the Islanders, he won all four of the cups with them. And then he won the two cups with the Penguins in the uh, early 90s. Won, a, won the Conn Smythe in the 1980 Stanley Cup Final. So if we're looking at the whole fire killer angle, uh, Hall of Fame. And uh, he's in the Hall of Fame. And then also just a crap, 1,425 points in 1,279 games overall. The guy was just, uh, he was an amazing player overall. And then, of course, it lined up. His peak lined up with when the Flyers were trying to win the Stanley Cups in the 80s, which apparently was a trend. It was just whenever the Flyers had a really good team, they were just going to run into goddamn dynasty and just get taken. I mean, like a team that has the longest unbeaten streak in NHL history, an unbelievable streak. <laughs> oh yeah, that's right, yeah. Fantastic Flyers team. Maybe one of the best hockey teams of all time and they lose on a bullshit missed offsides call. And, but well, that Islanders good. team was obviously a great friggin' team. And yeah, that was just the beginning. It just it. sucked like the the 80s Flyers had the worst luck. And uh, by the way, and I'm this is something I knew before this week, so don't get mad at me. But uh, on the ways to the 1980 Cup, I believe the Flyers took out the Oilers in the preliminary round. So the Flyers did beat the Oilers once in the 80s, and then it was just all fucking downhill from there. <laughs> they beat the Oilers before they kicked off that whole dynasty, and then it's going to take it down after. It ran into uh, another dynasty. Yeah. I mean, that's the, that's the Flyers, right? They just keep running yeah. into dynasties or just – amazing teams because if you look at their their Stanley Cup final losses you've got the Canadiens dynasty, dynasty yeah, ridiculous the Islanders the Oilers the Red Wings in the seven. 90s were unbelievable <laughs> <Four> and, <11. laughs> and then the and Hawks in 2010 
The Hawks won three cups in six years. So, like, they were just all... They were the first cup in two of, like, more than... Two of the more recent dynasties with the Hawks and the... uh, And And on top of that, even in their own divisions, you have the Devils in the late 90s, early 2000s, just constantly thwarting them. Mm -hmm. And then you have the Penguins in more recent history. Yeah. And even, like, again, they only won one cup, but... Those Caps teams were hard to dethrone in the regular season when it came to positioning. So they were always flyers there for a while where the best they could do was just uh, start out on the road if they make the playoffs. So it's been, yeah, it's not been, not been cool. But uh, yeah, I mean, I'm, uh, not going back great. to the, not, not a fun time, not great. Oh, wait, hold on. Uh, while I do Phil Esposito, uh, let's do Preds Devils. Predators, Devils, for uh, but Phil Esposito, uh, sixth all time with 99 points against the Flyers, uh, 43 goals is tied fifth, 56 assists is ninth, uh, first with 11 regular season game winning goals against the Flyers, third with 16 power play goals and six uh, with 39 power play points, second with nine game winning goals uh, in the postseason or uh, yeah in the regular season. Um, so Phil Esposito, he was just a big part of the Bruins back in the 70s. So the Flyers obviously we're on the, the business end of uh, point production against him uh, in the cup in 74. And then also I believe the Flyers lost a couple more playoff series to them in the late seventies. So he probably, uh, yeah, he's been a, a Flyers killer very well back in the seventies. Another one that I, I started looking at guys that actually produced points and, you know, actually not killed, but, you know, took it to the Flyers physically. Uh, Dale Hunter. Uh, Dale Hunter was a name. Oh, this is an infamous '80s name, right here. Yeah, for '80s and Flyers was, fans, Dale yeah. Hunter is infamous. Yeah, and I, I'm figuring out why now. I always knew he was an asshole. Uh, I knew he used to call problems to the other team to other teams, like looking at the Gertrudeon stuff. But uh, so during the regular season, not really that big of a, a Flyer Slayer. Uh, tied for 29th, 55 points in 90 regular season games. Tied for 10th with 21 playoff points, though. Uh, 11 goals and 10 assists in 24 games. 11 goals is tied for 7th all-time. Uh, on top of that, he's one of two players uh, with Rick Milton uh, who have two overtime goals against the Flyers in the postseason. Uh, one of them was a uh, game game four win in the 1981 preliminary round uh, when he was with the Quebec Nordiques. Flyers ultimately won that series 3-2. to two. The other one was the 1988 Patrick Division Finals where he scored the fifth goal for the Caps in a Game 7 win. Uh, so he scored the Game 7 overtime winner against them in 1988. Jaffe Lupo got it back in 2008. But uh, that is the only overtime goal, Game 7 overtime goal that's ever been scored against the Flyers in franchise history. Uh, so I think that distinction alone, you know, scoring the goal where the Flyers scored themselves, they have a new, they have, life again they're in the next round or they're just going home i think that kind of if we're doing a podcast about fire skillers i think that fits in pretty nicely um, yeah he's also first with 297 pins in the regular season against the fires first with 145 penalty minutes in the postseason against the fires 145 penalty minutes in how many games 24 games in the playoffs what are you doing like what i don't anyway <laughs> tied only a second Tied only a second with 238 in 46 games. No surprise there. I'll go back and look it up. He only had four goals total. So, like, I also didn't hit. not surprising. I know. It's just like, uh, still, I, you know. Uh, five players in uh, history have had 200 pins against the Flyers. Uh, uh, it was Domi, Hunter, Domi, 
Dave Tiger Williams, Gary Howitt, and Barnaby. Uh, Barnaby had 14 points and 211 pins in 43 games against the Flyers. So in the effort to find the guy that beat the Flyers up on a scoreboard and on uh, in real life, you know, whoever Wayne Simmons, the Flyers in history, will be Dale, Dale Hunter is who I'm coming away with. Uh, two overtime goals in the postseason, and he uh, apparently just beat the shit out of the Flyers all the time. And it sounds like, I mean, a game seven overtime goal is probably pretty fucking painful. Uh, I didn't know. Yeah, I didn't know there was a real. I mean, it makes sense that there was uh, some hatred towards Dale Hunter because the Caps are a team that I don't know if they've ever really been like the primary rival of the Flyers, but they're a team I think most Flyers fans hate. I mean, DC's right there. Uh, it's like we discussed in them. the recent rivalries. Fuck, where the the Capitals have been on the the edge on the verge of being a Flyers rival for so long. Yeah. This is probably the closest it's ever been, but Dale Hunter was the previous time when it was like pretty close to Flyers. Yeah. It was like, and actually I think it was a rivalry because of Hunter during that era. I remember, like I remember because I know there were a couple of brawls in like the late eighties there. And I don't know if they happened in the spells here. I remember like there's just clips of, uh, there's one fire Ron Hexel is just, Pounding somebody, and then like the tunnel to the lockers open up, or like the Zamboni, and then they just start fighting like on the, on like the um, Zamboni like uh, layout or what the you know what I'm saying like the. It's, I mean, it's the old joke. I went to a fight and a hockey game broke out. Yeah, it was just the craziest. It was one of the craziest fights ever. Uh, so I met, yeah, there probably was a lot of that. But the the cat back in the eighties there too. That does make sense. All right. Um, before we finish off the forwards. Uh, I do have your your jersey. Oh hell yeah! Yeah, It's rivalry night, and tonight Smashville heads to the the land where your car gets smashed as it's broken (laughs) into. Newark, New Jersey. The Nashville Predators take on the New Jersey Devils. I'm Doc Emmerich. (laughs) That's pretty. I'm giving you. I'm not giving you a lot of time, but I'll give you random teams. I like this. I gotta think. So of, the, I gotta think. Of... You think. You think of the next one. Uh, so uh, the next guy you have on your list here is is somebody That's we fire. were just talking about uh, having been inducted, or is going to be inducted in the Hockey Hall of Fame, Marion Hossa. And yeah. you yeah. think of him with the Blackhawks, and you think of his recent Cup success and everything, and also his like allergic end to his career and uh-huh. everything, but. Yeah, forget that he was a giant pain in the Flyers' ass before he's with the Chicago Blackhawks. Yeah, before he started getting the sniffles because he was put on his jersey and everything, he like he was just always <laughs> there. That's a take. Well, I, <laughs> he's fine. I, I know. I just, uh, but he was there. He was just a guy that was always there when the Flyers were going through something painful in the postseason. So we'll start with uh, 2003 Eastern Conference semifinals against the Senators. Flyers lost in five games to Senators 2002. It was the series they only scored two goals in. Next year, they take on uh, the Senators again. Otto won the series 4-2. Post had eight points, uh, two goals and six helpers uh, in that series. Three points in uh, Ottawa's Game 1 win, and two points in their 3-2 overtime win in Game 3, and then they also had a pair of helpers in their Game 5, 5-2 win. So put up a lot of points in that series. To hurt the Flyers. Then he goes to the Penguins, who the Flyers play. He didn't go to the Penguins, but the next time he plays the Flyers in the playoffs, he was with the Penguins in 2008, led the Penguins in scoring for that five-game series where the Flyers uh, got knocked out. Uh, two assists in Game 1, a goal in Game 2, two goals including the game winner in Game 3. 
and then four points in the Flyers' uh, very fun uh, game six knockout, uh, game five knockout. Uh, and then, like you said, they went on to lose the Stanley Cup, so he loses the Stanley Cup then, compared to the Red Wings loses in 2009 with them, and then he goes to the Hawks and wins a cup with them against the Flyers. Only had four points, um, only had four points on that series, but his lone goal in the series was the first goal in game two, which was a two-to-one win for the Hawks, so still a pretty pivotal goal. Because uh, he scored the first goal in that game, and then Eager scored like I don't know, ten seconds later, because Eager realized he was playing Flyers, and then Gani was only able to get one back. So, uh, so yeah, he so somebody not he's not somebody I think Flyer fans hate, but he has been killing the Flyers, or he did kill the Flyers there for uh, a little bit of time, quietly. Never the main guy that took you know draw drew the attention of a uh, fan base, I guess, but he was there kind of pushing the buttons to make sure the. Uh, Flyers weren't enjoying themselves. Is what it feels like. Um, so him, and then uh, oh wait, did you have another one lined up? I didn't have another one lined oh, up. Okay, no, okay, I was uh, Patrick Elias and Vetchkin. These two <laughs> Wait, am I supposed to be brainstorming the teams now too? Oh no, I just I was waiting for the uh, yeah the. Uh, the oh, the tra- uh, I mean, you know, hey, you're running the show, but I mean, yeah, the next guy <laughs> we're talking about is is well, to get into it. I mean. From the we talked about those Devils teams that killed the Flyers, and yeah. uh, this guy was a a pivotal part of them. And this is the more effective player of the the two big forwards from those Jersey teams, Patrick Eliash. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I would say so. Um, Polik was also up there, and he had the he was the Malkin of that duo, where he you know it's, uh, nothing good to look at, but. Yeah, I just hated that guy. I just really Bobby Holy is one of those guys that I just will always hate my entire life, and there's never like I don't. I'm sure Look he's away, fun guy. Avert your yeah. eyes, children. <laughs> but he is just uh, yeah. See again, Bobby Holik. You know, if he was given a Henrik Lundqvist look, I, I don't know. But uh, Elias tenth with 84 points uh, in 86 games against the Flyers in regular season, tied for eighth in goals, ninth tied for 19th with 17 playoff points. He. Did, however, I mean, he's been there for pretty painful shit. Uh, Tied for third with seven regular season uh, game-winning goals against Philly. Two playoff game-winning goals against Philly. Um, game three, the 2004 Eastern Conference quarterfinals. So the Devils only win in that series, the last Flyers-Devils series, while the Devils were still kind of relevant. Um, and then the other one was game seven of the 2000 Eastern Conference finals. So I think Patrick Galeosh's might be case to be uh, on this team is probably based off that, that series alone. He scored two goals in that game seven win, uh, the one where Lindros uh, had his flyers career end. And uh, he scored the game winning goal with uh, 232 left. And it was a two to one win. So he was the only guy that scored in that in that game for the Flyers. And that series, outside of 2010, that, that loss in 2000 might be the most painful playoff series, like loss I've seen for the Flyers in my life. I think oh, that was yeah. like the Undoubtedly. One to go through. Like just. Everything they had it. They had it. They were they were going to the cup. Oh, they had it. They were there. They were going to the cup final. It was. I had it all written down. I was ready. I was pumped and just. Yeah. God, what a gut punch! I mean, honestly, even Tampa Bay, like Tampa Bay, that that was a a Flyers team. That was the older team. They were, you know, just fighting for their lives in that series for a lot, a lot of it because Tampa Bay was so fast and younger, but. The de- that that 2000 series, it felt like, oh, man, this is yeah. a team of destiny. This is the better team. We're finally going to get up over the Devils. And then the ultimate gut punch. I think 
uh, that's one of the most devastating flyer series in my life. I mean, I was talking to a guy at a game a few uh, months ago where he basically said, like, he stopped watching hockey after that series (laughs) because it was so (laughs) devastating. It was was just demoralizing. It was just a... Like, I can still remember watching, like, I remember watching that hit at my house, uh, like, back in Maryland with my dad and Ian, and just, uh, it was a real, it was a real quiet game to watch. That was not a fun, just fucking terrible. Um, but yeah, that's, uh, that was those Devils, and that was Patrick Eliash. Um, I'm trying to think of, but like, also 2000 was, that 3-1 series lead made me very uneasy about 2010, because I remember when the Flyers were closed out in 2010. In game five, uh, Giantha scored like a minute in. I was just like, oh, fuck, here we go. They're going to they're gonna do it again. Like, it feels like another time when they should just be in the final. They're going to figure out a way to just kind of, you know, blow it off. But uh, And then the last guy I have on here, uh, not doesn't really rack up points on the regular season against the Flyers, although it's not really far down the list. Still 30 of 59 points. Uh, Alex Ovechkin. But it feels like he scores a goal every time he plays the Flyers. Like yeah. hey, you somebody see him with the yeah. puck and you're expecting him to score. Like you you never don't like he takes a slap shot on the power play. I am shocked when it doesn't go in. <laughs> yeah. No, it's very true. And, you know, considering how effective he was on the power play and how ineffective the Flyers PK was for years, like, yeah, you know, it hasn't been fun. But uh his thirty four goals are tied for tenth, uh, most all time against the Flyers in the regular season. Four regular season game winning goals, uh, but 24 players have five or more in the regular season. I think his case for being a Flyers killer comes for the 2008 series. So uh, he has three playoff game winning goals against the Flyers uh, in playoff history. One of them gave the third goal in the Flyers' infamous uh, six to one bracelet loss in uh, 2016. So not exactly the most pivotal goal, but game one was a one goal game. He stole the puck from Lassie Kukman and dunked it. And then game six uh, in 2008. Was uh, Flyers route three two in the series. He scored both the goals in the third period to force a game seven, um, and then he scored in game seven, uh, I believe. So he, um, like two thousand eight, was a lot of he. That was him at his peak. He had sixty five goals in oh seven oh eight. It, I remember each time he carried the puck up the ice for a rush. I was like, this is going to the back of the net. And I know he's still he's still Vetchkin. He's still doing Vetchkin like things. But I think uh, if the Flyers had run into the Caps and. 2009, 2010, 2011. Like, uh, I think Ovechkin would have had his moments of uh, pain against the Flyers in the playoffs. Like, he would have inflicted some kind of overtime goal or some shit. So, I think the Flyers on the way got a little bit lucky. They didn't really hit that sweet spot of those Caps teams um, later on. But, uh, and also, he had the hit on Couturier in 2016. 2016, he didn't really take over the game or take over the series, I guess. Uh, he did put up points, but he wasn't like, I think his biggest impact on that series in 2016 was um, the the hit on Katori in game one that knocked him out. And then Katori was out for the rest of the series. So, you know, you're talking about the Flyers in a playoff series without Katori. You're looking at a completely different team. So he, Ovechkin, uh, you know, did a lot of killing the Flyers in 2008 and then also in 2016, uh, at least physically. So those are my forwards. Moving on to the defense, and we'll go through these guys quicker. <laughs> um, I got Scott Stevens. As well, though, obviously. Yeah, the war criminal himself. Scott yeah. Stevens is, I mean, he's almost, eh, I'm not going to make the joke I was going to make, but like he is just, nobody's devastated the Flyers more. He was just 
a wrecking ball of dirty, illegal hits in the late 90s, early 2000s. And, <laughs> I mean, the thing is, almost They're... every team in the league would agree with the Flyers. Oh, yeah. I mean, Paul Correa, one of the most likable NHLers of the late 90s, got just annihilated by Stevens in a just a completely dirty hit. There's the Lindros yeah. hit. The fact is, the guy was a force, and he was such a tough player to play against. But a lot of that is just dirty, dirty hits that wouldn't fly in any way, shape, or form today. But in the clutch and grab era, was perfect for that game, where you could just interfere with people, and you could just fly up and destroy a guy and not get any penalty minutes at all. Yeah. No, it really was. and uh, But, like, yeah, that's a good point about Korea. Like, he was... It's pretty bad when one of your career highlights, and I get it's the Stanley Cup final, but like Korea, who was, I believe, generally liked by a lot of people, uh, you hit him about three seconds late on a hit in open ice when he was out of the puck, and like that's your, oh wow, what a great defenseman. Look at him clock this guy three puck, seconds after the puck's gone. Look, what a hit. Amazing. <laughs> but he just, he had that, and of course the hit on Lindros, uh, and he also fucking laid out Damon Lankow at some point in that 2000 series. I'm never going to find that clip, but I remember it's them showing Damon that. Damon Lankow. Yeah, uh, but I remember them showing that clip over and over again, and it just wasn't. Like you're going to headhunt Damon Lankow? <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Yeah, but uh, stats-wise, you know, as, as you know, as his tradition with Steven's not great. Uh, first among Demon with 28 playoff games against the Flyers, so. First all time with 119 regular season games against the Flyers as a defenseman. Uh, so did play them a lot and was there a lot. And uh, I guess it is kind of hard to summarize how good he was with point production. I mean, he's and the ideas, defensive defenseman, right? Yeah, yeah, he, yeah. Exactly. It's kind of hard to illustrate his impact because uh, there wasn't like, using points in the 90s for defensemen. If you're a stay-at-home guy, really isn't, I guess, the best way to go about that but he did his uh he did his fucking damage i want to say when it comes to defenseman he's got to be number one because these other names i put here are a lot about totals and playoff moments but uh well i mean actually uh talk about the last guy i added i, I did add chris chelios because um not really because he killed the flyers per se uh tied for 15th with 10 points and 12 playoff games against the flyers all time uh all time among D-Man with 948 points, uh, his 1,651 games played, his first among defensemen and seventh all time. Uh, but his big, I mean, Chelios was just uh, his work in the 1989 series against the Flyers, Prince of Wales uh, Conference Final uh, during a trip to the 89 Cup. Uh, took out Brian Prop with an illegal elbow, elbow in game one. Uh, and then scored the game-winning goal in Game 6 of a 4-2 win, which eliminated the Flyers, and which is when Hextall charged after him and uh, started punching him through his block route. So Chris Chelios... Ron Hextall violent moments. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah exactly. if, uh, this is one of those that I always recommend to people about just how crazy <laughs> Ron Hextall was and 80s hockey was. Because just knowing Ron Hextall, the GM, you'd never know what an insane hockey player he was. Seeing him fly at Chris Chelios, like he dove at him, blocker. Oh, first. yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. He, it's ridiculous. And to see, because when you talk about 80s hockey, you talk about just picking up for your teammate, stepping in when you have to. And that's the ultimate in that. You never see goalies do that. And that's just, oh. Yeah, it's it such was... a great moment. I mean, it's <laughs> it's absurd. It's like sports that shouldn't <laughs> happen. But hey, man, I'm here for it. Yeah, 
I mean, it is a. Uh... Yeah, I mean, it's not the only time a Flyers goalie is. Uh, it's been a big moment in Flyers history when a goalie just charges at an opponent. Kind of, it's kind of seems like a thing that happens routinely with the Flyers uh, in history. But that was probably the most notable one. It's either that, or him and Pod Van, or uh, him or Holtby and uh, and Emery. But I think, uh, yeah, him just tackling Chelios and giving him the what for. I think that's what everybody was feeling at the time. Uh, and it was, you know, that was the only playoff series where he pretty much uh, impacted the Flyers. But I think taking out Brian Fropp with a pretty shitty hit in game one and then closing out the series, I think that uh, I think that earns the distinction of the Flyer killer. Uh, yeah, that, that's at, definitely an infamous moment yeah. in Flyers playoff history. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, some other ones, I put Dennis Pop in here. Uh, highest scoring D-man and ninth most points against Philly with 87 in 90 games uh, in the regular season of his career, tied for 10th all-time with 21 points in 24 playoff games against Philly. As a defenseman, he had five game-winning goals, uh, three in the regular season, two in the postseason against Philly. Had the overtime goal in Game 1 of the 1980 Stanley Cup Final and the game-winner in uh, the Islanders' Game 4 win of the 1985 uh, uh, Patrick Division Finals. Uh, Philly won that series in five, so he gave him the only one. But still, overtime goal in uh, the 1980 Stanley Cup Final, which... That whole series collectively was not one of the best memories uh, ever for the Flyers, uh, but he was uh, he was just the best defenseman on those Islanders teams in the early '80s, and uh, just pretty much dominated the Flyers throughout his entire career. And he is one of the best defensemen ever. Uh, 1,052 points in 1,060 games. First among or uh, among demon all time, seventh in points, fifth in goals, tenth in assists. Hockey Hall of Fame. He's got three Norris trophies. Uh, never won the Conn Smythe, though, but still, which is always uh, a big thorn in the Flyers' side whenever they played them in the postseason. And of course, had a big role in the 1980 Stanley Cup final. Going to the Oilers, back to the Oilers, somebody we've mentioned a couple times already, Paul Coffey. Uh, and again, became a former Flyer and didn't really help him out uh, to get to it. And Paul Coffey, just all teams that beat the Flyers in the Stanley Cup final and then. Didn't really help them in the 97 Stanley Cup final. What a jerk. But uh, first among D-men with 23. <laughs> first among uh, D-men with 23 playoff points against Philly. Uh, first among D-men at fifth all-time with 1.21 goals per game in the playoffs against the Flyers. Uh, and again, like I said before, I think eight players had 11-point series or better against the Flyers in a single playoff series. He had 11 points in the 1985 Stanley Cup final, which is the most for a D-man in a single series against the Flyers. And again, yeah. you're talking... Paul Coffey, one of the great offensive defensemen in NHL history. Amazing. And pretty okay flyer, but, like, great oiler, great penguin. God damn yeah. it. I was going to say, and again, if we're looking at the whole uh, argument of Flyers killer, I mean, he did he, he did have some fuck-ups in that 97 Cup Final. I was looking at, uh, going through the, the gold uh, articles again, I was looking at the box scores at Cup Final, and I think he took two stick infractions in the first seven minutes of game five. We're talking about power plays in 1997 and coffee's hand in the Red Wings, two of them, like the first eight minutes of the game. And I feel like I was just like, well, that couldn't have been good. <laughs> like that's not something that, uh, you know, Terry Marvin's too pumped up. But anyway, uh, Larry yeah. Robinson was another one I threw out there. Uh, and we'll talk about him. He has a case for being one of the biggest flyers killers just in general, but, uh, 10 points in 1987. Uh, it's the second most points for a D-man in a single series against Philly. Ninth all-time among D-man with 958 points just in general. Uh, won six cups. One in 1973. Uh, 
all, the entire Canadians dynasty from 76 to 79, and then also won the Canadians in 86, uh, two Norris trophies in 77 and 80, won the Consulate in 78. Why is a Flyers killer, though? Flyers, Flyers did make it the three Stanley Cups before, three straight Stanley Cups before, uh, 74, 75, 76. They were not able to re, uh, repeat because the Canadians uh, swept them, a lot of that being uh, Larry Robinson. Game two of the Stanley Cup final, uh, absolutely annihilated Gary Dornhofer, and that is something that is regarded as like one of the biggest hits currently in Canadians' history. I remember them talking about it. I think they talked about it, or Robinson's like, presence on that blue line in the Broad Street Bullies documentary. And then he uh, just, yeah, took it to him physically and had the overtime goal in game two of the 1973 semifinal against Philly. Uh, series the Canadians won. In five, that came out to the Flyers, won their first playoff series ever against the North Stars. But, uh, yeah, overtime goal in the playoffs and also the physical presence and being one of the most important players on those Canadian teams that helped uh, eliminate the Flyers in the 70s. I put him up there. I don't know if you have any. Uh, Larry Robinson was an older player, so I don't know if you have any. Uh, any yeah, I don't any, know too much about Larry yeah, Robinson outside of his reputation. And, the next year, though. Yeah. Oh, wait, yeah, go ahead. Well, I was going to say, just looking over this list, I'm a little surprised, given the Penguins we've talked about, that Chris Letang didn't make his way into so, the defenseman. But I guess Chris Letang just hasn't killed the Flyers nearly on the level of a, a Crosby or a Malkin. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. And that's, uh, like, the, the the thing with Crosby and Malkin, and I think the reason why no other Penguins are really uh, up here is because um, it's just Crosby and Malkin's scoring rates are just insane they really haven't played a ton of like they, i guess they haven't played a ton of playoff games against the flyers uh but crosby has you know it's 36 playoff points i think in like not too many games i think he's played like 27 games against the flyers so Latang as a defenseman if he's only playing 20 games against the team and he's not paul coffee or somebody i guess he's not gonna be up there in point totals and again he just you know he hasn't really i guess he hasn't really had a back-breaking moment or anything i'm Probably did in like 08 or 09 or something. I forget about but like 2010. I'll remember him. I remember him doing was beating the crap out of team and and obviously not playing defense because that series was nuts. And then in 2018, like everybody, everybody's killed the Flyers. But yeah, he wasn't really up there in point totals or anything, or at least not as much as some of these guys had a case to, to be mentioned up there. Um, like uh, Brian Leach, uh, second among D men with 78 points against the Flyers in 83 games. First in goals, time for second in assist. Uh, first among demon with seven game winning goals. So I just Real pain in the ass. I just remember him being, yeah, he was just good forever. On the uh, he on was, the it felt line. like he was with yeah. the Rangers for a billion years and. He just made those late nineties Rangers teams just a, a real tough team to play against. Yeah, and again, the Flyers did you know beat those late nineties teams in the postseason uh, twice. Uh, ninety five, I believe, yeah, ninety five, ninety seven, but uh, not. Never lost him, but still, Leach was there to be a pretty big inconvenience and cause some problems for the Flyers along the way. Um, just one of those guys you hated because he was good. Like, I, I respect yeah, Brian yeah. Leach because he was just really solid and, and good, but I hated playing against him. Yeah, that was the general feeling with him and Victor, right? Like, it was just kind of like... Yeah, well, Fla- Flower Town's Mike Flower Richter. Flower Town's Mike Richter, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that was oh. exactly. Like, Richter, you know, solid player, tough to play against. Didn't like playing against a local guy either. It's like if you threw, uh, well, I would say Mike Trout in it, but he's not, he's not, he wasn't Mike Trout level. Mike Richter was very good and great American goalie, but you know, he wasn't 
I don't even know if he's quite Lundquist, but he was always like really good. I don't know if he was ever one of the the best, like especially in the era he played with Brodor oh, and yeah. Hashik and all them. Not that those are names coming up soon or anything, but it's, <laughs> yeah, just yeah. It's solid, good players. You did not like playing against Messier, one of the great two way centers. Just pain in the butt, Rangers team. Yeah, real fucking annoying Rangers. Uh, and then a guy who is somewhat the Marion Hosa of defensemen, uh, Zidane Chara. He's As, been playing for 84 years. He's the yeah, tallest he's, hockey player ever. And I'm tired of playing against him. Please retire. Yeah. Well, the thing is, is when you're, you know, a seven foot 14 draft and you helped create hockey, you're going to eventually play the Flyers at some point in the postseason if you've been around like the stanley cup is modeled off him because it's just the tallest trophy yeah he got tired at the practice one day and wanted to make something to drink water out of you know a lake a lake nearby and somebody's like you know what it looks pretty cool why don't you start your own fucking hockey league and then hand that out to everybody and that's how a lot of people don't know that's how hockey started but that's you know if you look at the record books that's it's all there so you just got to Dig a little deeper. But anyway, Chara tied for 15th with 10 points as long as he playoff games against the Flyers. Tied for 7th most points, um, seventh most playoff games against Philly with 22. Actually, speaking of Latang, there you go. So Latang's played the 7th most uh, playoff games against the Flyers as a defenseman and uh, hasn't really been going off. But uh, those 22 games came in the 2002-2003 uh, series against the Senators, both of which the Flyers lost. 2010 Eastern Conference Semifinals, which is maybe you know arguably one of the most uh one of the best flyer series in history because they came back from an 0-3 deficit but they were down 0-3 in that series uh and then 2011 they got swept so the chara the teams chara's been on have kind of just uh kind of rolled over the flyers in the postseason except for the one time the flyers pulled off one of the greatest comebacks in the in the history of hockey so, uh, and in 2002, 2003, he wasn't just on the roster. He was on the top pair with Wade, Red- Wade Redden and had the sec- er, second most average ice time in 2002 and the most ice time in 2003. He also had two goals in uh, Bruins game three, 5 1 1 in 2011, and a goal in game one of the center's win in 2003. So, uh, and as we all know, Wade Redden is always the right choice when it's between Redden or Chara. Yeah, if you're going to, if you had to pick one, the deal. They they got it right. <laughs> got it right. Definitely got, got it right. right. Good call. I'm yeah. I'm so tired of playing against Chara. Please stop. The only thing I, I wanted to mention with Chara, besides just being a pain in the ass to play against and being insanely tall, uh, how funny that picture is if you've never seen the picture of him in like the like rooster amusement park ride where like his legs don't fit. And like, <laughs> please look that up because it is so friggin' funny. Yeah. He's great though. I, he's a great player. He is I, it, it's hard to hate him too much. It's just I don't want to play against him anymore. I don't hate him, but the I don't thing play is, the thing is, uh, I, I think he's just going to keep going. The dude apparently is just one of those like fitness freak guys. Like he could be. Is he going like, to beat out Gordy Howe at this point? Like he's going to play <laughs> until he's sixty. <laughs> he could. Uh, he does. I just everything I read about it does take it very seriously and conditions very well. So uh, I will say though, to that extent. I think the Flyers have one of those types of guys in Ivan Provorov. So hopefully we get, you know, he's a guy I that would love trains if, like 10 hours a day. If Ivan Provorov's our Russian machine I, that never breaks and plays like 30 years for the Flyers, I'm all for it. Like, cool. I would love if like Bruins fans are complaining about Ivan Provorov in this regard, <laughs> like 10 years from now or 20 yeah, just, years from now, you know? 
2040 for overall still on the blue line. Bruins fans are bitch about him and like Travis Konechny Jr. and shit. And then just still for Travis Konechny is going to have a son who takes his place on the team by then. And he's going to be well, a overall, Graybeard and all is just manning the blue line. Still playing like, you know, he's older. Still pumping out like 17 minutes a night. Guy's a fucking workhorse, dude. He's, you know, no stopping him. You'll see. It's going to happen. Or this could definitely be quarantine brain talking. So, uh, on top, along with those guys, I threw out, uh, I just want to talk about some other guys that, you know, quite literally killed flyers. Uh, Darius Kasparis and Hal Gill. Uh, this is on Eric Lindros, because Eric Lindros was really just, uh, just wanted to see where the puck was on the ice. Just taking a, taking a little gander down there. That's all I wanted. Ice. Just leave him alone. Casper <laughs> uh, was a dirty <laughs> son of a bitch. Yeah, yeah. He, he looks sickly. Dirty. He's basically the golem of hockey players. Yeah, he really is. This is not a just stringy hair, pale face. Ugh. I remember one of the things I remember about Casper besides hating him or him being the one that got walked on the premium overtime goal. Uh, I forget what the goal was or the importance, but he scored an overtime goal to knock out the Caps and then. Uh, Dove down the ice and just kicked his feet while he was doing it. Like he did the, uh, looked like he was swimming down the ice. So people can look that up. That's a lot of fun. Not quite as, it wasn't quite as emphatic as the Milan Hades one, which is still the best pretending to jump into a pool celebration. But that's another, you know, annoying thing that Casparitis did. Just throwing it out there. But Casparitis, real piece of shit. Uh, Hal Gillish is big. Uh, Brian Campbell almost murdered RJ Umberger. And that Sabres won that game two overtimes. And Radko Gudis, uh, you know, he took the term uh, a little too literal and decided to take Akatori during practice one day. Thought he'd spice it up and see if he could take, you know, one series. I love that you have Radko Gudis on here for something he did as a flyer. Yeah, well, I mean, it wasn't exactly helpful for the 2016 or 2018 playoff series. So, you know, he, uh, yeah. and then he had, because that series, he took Akatori and uh, tore his MCL. Then he had like the worst third period, that and then the worst ever third period collapse against the yeah. Penguins. I had just decided he was like, you know what? Uh, I guess they're still going to try with Couture, so let me just see how the Penguins feel about. Fighting. He basically and curled just, up into a ball and was just like, oh, just, just, just score. Yeah. It's fine. Yeah. So that's uh, there's the uh, defenseman on the Flyers. Uh, killer. Yeah. So that was the defenseman, and that leads us into the goaltenders and. I say goaltenders, but really, it's just one at the end of the day that just is the bane one. of our existence. There's a few <laughs> names here that were a pain in the ass, but there is one that counts, and that's pretty much it. No, and yeah, yeah. His name is Martin Brodor, and we hate his guts. Yep the uh, the eating and family dating extraordinaire Martin Brodor. Uh, he's first with 50 wins and 12 shutouts against the Flyers in his career. Um. And first with 14 playoff wins against the Flyers in the postseason as well. Zero shutouts, though, which I thought was a little what? surprising. Yeah, apparently. I, I went back and I checked that, and I'll go check a third time, which now when I go back, I'll say he has one or two. But no no postseason shutouts. Uh, Marc-Andre Fleur and Dominic Koscik, by the way, each have 10 wins against the Flyers, or sec- uh, which is tied for second. Um, Brodord also, obviously because of all the, you know, where he's been, but five playoff series against the Flyers. Um Flyers won in 2004 and 2010. They also lost in 95, 2000, and 2012. And honestly, those losses, I wasn't around for the loss in 95, but I know that one was really painful for the Flyers. Uh, he's, uh, he's played pretty big. Yep. Uh, 2000, we just said, was one of the worst moments in our lives. Uh, and then 2012 was, uh, again, that was 
it wasn't. No, it sucked. I mean, that was at the end of the last time the Flyers got to the second round. Uh, and it was a team they should have beaten. was such a, like, just letting Dumb the air out of your tires kind of thing. Where it was just yeah. like, after that amazing Penguin series, they just, ugh, just this yeah. turd against the, the Devils. I- Ilya Kovalchuk and David Clarkson are going to yeah, score some goals on you. So that's, uh, yeah, that's how that works. Yeah, that was a real... It was a kick in the nuts, but that was uh, that was Gridor's career against the Flyers. <laughs> that was those three playoff uh, series were pretty bad, and he, uh, I mean, he was just the face of the Devils, and he was uh, you know pretty much everything wrong with hockey. That's uh, when you're when you represent the Devils. I think that's where we come down. It's Flyers fans is your idea. You're what's wrong with hockey, as you can see, with how we treat Stevens and Gridor, and he was the guy. He's really the only answer to the question of like the biggest Flyers killer when it comes to goaltending. I think it's got to be him. Some of the other names I listed here, I just wanted to get out some stats so we could maybe talk about them. But um, Dominic Hasek, uh, the better of the two goalies, tied for second with 10 playoff wins uh, against the Flyers all time. Uh, and Hasek, of course, was, uh, I believe it was the 97 and 98 postseasons would have been... Um, when he was doing his work against the Flyers. Uh, Graham Fuhrer, too, 9-12. I mean, oh, oh I got it. You oh, can't just... Oh, yeah, oh, yeah, no, we're not going anywhere. Let's go back. Yeah, yeah, so, I have comments on both. So, Brodeur was a guy, just because of his his large frame, you know, I it was just frustrating because he didn't really have that much athleticism and they had the left-wing lock and just shut you down in every mm-hmm. possible way. So... Brodor's like going to this just like, come on, you can't beat this. Brother. Like he's good. <laughs> but you know, a lot of that was system based. Don't get me wrong. He's very good, but a lot of that's system based and I'm still pissed. He beat up Bernie Perrant's win record. That's bullshit. Uh, Hashik was a magician. He was just the most he ridiculous goalie I've ever seen. And none of his saves made sense. He was, it looked like he was constantly out of position, flailing about just, making these miracle saves left and right. And I, I, like, you'd always just yell shoot high, but then you'd shoot high and he'd like do a, a fucking three sixty <laughs> and twirl around like breakdance style and make a kick save. I, I just didn't make any sense. I, like, he no, was the matrix no. before the matrix. I really, if you like, I, we talked about him before and we talked about like the Sabres teams back in the late 90s, early 2000s. But, like, when they went to the Cup in two, uh, 1999, like, he was the reason. And, like, he... He was that team. He was that He just team. did, yeah, he just did insane things out on the ice, like you were saying. And the thing I was, I, I just remember was, do you remember that MasterCard commercial? I think it was MasterCard. And it was, like, because uh, they used to do, it was either them or Visa, the, the uh, whatever the last thing was, and then priceless, right? Like, there was, like, three or four things, and I'll tell you how much, and I was like, getting to see your favorite team live, priceless. I forget what company that was now. But they had one for, I believe they had one for Hashik, and it was, like, having a slink, like, they showed all these saves with Hashik, and then it was, like, having a slinky for his spine, priceless. And, like, the last one was just Hashik leaning over his back to block a shot. And that's the kind of, like, I think about, I thought about that commercial whenever I hear Hashik now, because it's just, like, this ridiculous string of, yeah, I can hear you looking for it. I forget who the company is now, but it was definitely like it was just commercial that always sucked for me whenever I'd see it. And it, that was I'm looking up the commercial, but uh, what's McCall? It, it's it, his. And the thing about Hashik is like he's got all those. It was Mastercard, by the way. That Ma- it was Mastercard. Okay, yeah. it was Mastercard. But 
you know, what's funny about Hashik is his m- most memorable save might be a shootout save. Do you know the one I'm talking about? Uh, well, no, no. Oh, so I can't believe you don't know the save. This is I'm going to send this to you. And instead of Steve does stuff, we're going to do or Steve watches stuff. We're going to have uh, Craig watch. Yeah, you sound familiar. I was going to say I'm interested to see what this. Uh... It's one of the best, most unbelievable. I think it was on. I think it was on Eric Lindros. And oh, it is just such oh, an absurd save. Yeah. Lindros versus Hashik, 98 Olympics. I am sending this to you in a moment. Oh, and okay. I would like you to watch this immediately because it is, yeah, it's just one of the more it. ridiculous saves I've, I've ever seen. And it was at that the was Olympics? great. Yeah. That okay, was, so I think I, that was yeah. the first time they had NHLers in the Olympics. And yeah, yeah, I that was, was not yeah. really pumped about it. Like I, I had a, whatchamacallit, I got a USA Jersey. I, uh, you know, it had like a bunch yeah. of guys I love to like, you know, I, I talked about Richter a little bit ago and Richter was a guy that I really liked cause he was a local guy, but I hated that he played for the Rangers. So USA, oh. I actually got to root for Mike Richter. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. That's a good point. Yeah. That is true. Yeah. Yeah. And John McClare was on the team and Amante and Roenick, like a bunch of guys I really liked in the late nineties. Before they became flyers. So that's yeah. Kind of, yeah. So, that was, um, but you, yeah, no, I get that. I, I get all that. And this save is like, yeah, Jesus Christ. It's a fucking quintessential, like Kashuk save. Yeah. So I didn't, all I remember about that, uh, yeah. All I remember about 98 was that they didn't win. I don't remember watching too much about it, but that was just like, that save. like, what is that save? Like just right. sprawling, like, post to post, flailing. Lindros makes this freaking sick move to go to the backhand. Just this, this yeah. si- silky smooth move to go to the backhand, and you think he's got this goal easy, the shootout goal, and Hashik just he sprawls out and he, like, yeah, and like some of these danger, and like that save, and like I think the big thing with him whenever I watch highlights, or I feel like most of shots are like. He's doing all these, like, it looks like fluster moments, or it looks like he doesn't know what he's doing, which can, like, I guess lead to the argument of, like, you know, he's just kind of flying around out there and getting lucky. But, like, if you look at, like, the slot, the shot selection on these shots, like that Lindral shot, he put up high on the opposite corner of wherever Hashik was to start the play. But when Hashik fell over and, like, threw up his arms, he got his blocker and his glove on that shot. Like, he's guessing all the right spots, and his hand-eye coordination is insane. It just doesn't look that fluid at times. But, like, when you watch replays of these saves, he's getting, he's still getting, like, gloves or blockers or, like, an out. Like, he's getting a, a part of his body can tell is where he's aiming to put that limb, and he's getting it. It's not like he's throwing out that arm and then somebody's shooting him in, like, in the legs or something. You know what I mean? It's all ridiculously, like, well-played shot that he is just getting somehow always in the right spot for. He was just unreal to watch. It was unreal, and it was so frustrating in the moment to watch because you're like, "How? How did you not score?" And it was just constant, <laughs> constant disbelief of how you didn't score. Like Brodor, it was just frustration throughout the game. Hashik was just a continuous amazement of I can't believe we didn't score there. Yeah, yeah, it really was. God. And we really did grow up with some of the best goalies because him and Wa and Brodor were just Joseph Bakujo. Like they, they, we had a lot of goalies to watch growing up. Like but meanwhile, Chris good Osgood's out there winning the championships. <laughs> yes, <laughs> trying to prove that you don't need a goalie to win. Yeah. <laughs> uh, 
All right, so I put down these other names here, even though they're not going to be not even close to that. Uh, Grant Fuhrer, who we talked about the low save percentages in the 80s and how hilarious they were and stuff. Uh, 9-12 save percentages. 9-12 save percentage in 12 games against the Flyers in the playoffs and those 12 games for the Stanley Cup Finals again. So Fuhrer not really helping out. Uh, and then uh, Patrick Laleem has had three shutouts against the Flyers in 2002. Uh, game Patrick two, three, and four. I'm putting him in here because uh, he is the only player with three shutouts in a single series against the Flyers in franchise history. I was trying to look up how many times that's happened in history where a team has posted three shutouts against the same team in a series, because I know I've mentioned that. Like, Michael Lane did that to the Canadians in 2010. I don't know if that's the only t- team that has done that. Like, I don't know if Michael Lane's the only person that's done that to Canadians. I don't know if Lane's the only person that's done that to the Flyers. But still, not great. It's not a good luck <laughs> to get Patrick a... Patrick Laleem. Ugh. <laughs> yeah. Like, just, you uh, mentioned all these names. You mentioned, like, Cujo and all that. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. And then Patrick Laleem. Ed Belfour and, like, Tuka Rask and all these great goalies. <laughs> the Flyers have played against a bunch. And Patrick Laleem makes the... I'm actually really <laughs> surprised you don't have Flurry here. I'd put him. Yeah, Flurry is another one. Flurry well, is one. Flurry's that... number is just not as impressive. No, no, no. His numbers were... as you'd expect. Oh no, no, no. His were good. Uh, my thing was, I just thought we were going to talk about Brodeur, and that was pretty much it. So, I mean, like Brodeur's these guys, still yeah, the yeah. name, but uh, uh, no, Flurry's Flurry's, Flurry's a guy I didn't uh, appreciate until he left the division. Like I didn't think he was that good, and I was always frustrated by the Flyers not. Oh, beating yeah. him out but then he went to vegas and was amazing there and i was like all right respect i i had respect yeah. for him after he left and he, he was the, like he left the bubble of hate <laughs> and again the thing i'll say about flurry is and honestly i think the thing that will cancel out flurry's flyers killer thing will be the 2012 postseason because uh kind of helped the flyers win that series a little bit but he is up there and wins uh 10 wins is tied for second with hashik uh, and he is, yeah, like you said, like we we're aware of how good he is now. Um, and he was, he was there in 2009 when they beat the Flyers. Uh, but I think the 2012 series, I guess we kind of push him away from that, but no, with the numbers and everything, Flurry's out there as one of the best, but like I was saying, this is, uh, I knew the answer to this was Brodeur. So I'm throwing, I threw down some numbers for the other guys. Like, uh, I already went through that. The last one I had was, I was going to talk about, uh, Miller, Holpe, and Murray each had uh, two shutouts in a single postseason against the Flyers. So not career-wise Flyers killers, but they had their hand in a, a couple series. Although Ryan Miller had two 1-0 shutouts in 2011, but the Flyers still won that series. Uh, Holpe Miller's had two. A pain in the ass. Miller's a pain in the ass for a lot of reasons. He's just, I just, he's one of the most. He's the guy I think I want to punch in the face most in like some talks. Just like, cause like the comment of like about like, you know, like. Uh, the murder mass murder comment back in 2011. Like that's a dumb comment that only he would say. And st- I don't know. I just, sometimes I want to punch him. Uh, and then, uh, yeah, Murray had two shots in 2018 and they were both pretty, I mean, I mean, they really weren't impressive. He had a shot on game one of that series, which is seven, not the one for the Flyers. Then he had a shot on game four, which is five, not the win. So I don't need, you know, Murray, Tristan Jari, me, you, anybody I think could have gotten those shutouts, but he did get those. Uh, in a series, I just you know I'm just I'm giving the people some numbers, Steve. That was all I know. Is uh, just wanted to dunk on Brodeur a bunch. I mean, we knew where this uh, this segment was going. We were talking about goalies and Flyers killers. So, uh, you know, that's all it was. What about you? Want to run through some coaches real quick? Uh, There's a thing you threw out there. I did. I so j- just like we 
kind of wanted to put together a bench for the short-term flyers. I thought getting a bench of like flyers killers as far as coaches, you know, would be a, a fun idea. And before we get into coaches, uh, as far as GMs go, there is only one name and one yeah. name only, and it that haunts my nightmares for the flyers, and that would be Lou Lamorello. Yeah, and uh, he's still doing it because uh, you know he's not really done. Uh, New York, so we'll see how that goes. But just putting together pain in the ass, talentless Islanders teams. It's just <laughs> they suck, but they beat the, the Flyers every time this season. It's just oh, I, I can't stand it. I hate you, Lou. I hate he's, you. Yeah, and he looks like a monster. Another monstrous. You know, it's just going to be the ugliest Flyers rivals <laughs> list at this point. But uh, who did you get for your determination on head coach? Because I threw a couple names out there. My best. So I think this one was Torts. John Tortorella killed the Flyers with the Lightning, yeah. Rangers, and he still gets his licks in with the Blue Jackets. But you actually found some really damn good ones. I, yeah, I, I threw out, or not, I threw out two that are like kind of work. Larry Robinson, I put as the um, as the coach because he was the coach that came in and helped the Devils win in two thousand. Um, and uh, that was just, I wanted to make him the coach because he was the guy that, like we were saying before, he kept the Flyers from winning another cup in the 70s and pretty much just like, you know, physically took him over a couple of times and then proceeded to be part of the 3-1 collapse against the Devil or uh, against, yeah, against the Devils in 2000 and leads into a cup. So that was my option as like a Flyers killer coach. Uh, him, um, Jack Martin, uh, he was the center's coach and they won in 2002 and 2003. And then I also threw out the option of Glenn Sather, who was the head coach of the Oilers in 85 and 87. And then was the Rangers GM from 2000 to 2015. So maybe not, you know, was the GM when the Flyers got uh, eliminated in 2014 too. So I, I was kind of looking at the only real coach there for just coaching standards would have been Jacques Martin, but I don't think him taking out, the Flyers with the centers in two series like 20 years ago is really like the main thing that should decide this. So I, uh, I'm leaning Tortorella's a pretty good one. I mean, he's, I, I hate Tortorella mainly because of his pass against the Flyers in 2004. Um, and Larry Robinson, I think Larry Robinson is, it would be my choice after that too. Um, because he, I think Larry Robinson is a guy. I mean, yeah. Just, Cause he's that, that again, that 2000 run was just, he was uh, he was the guy that was there for them. So that's uh, that'd be our team. That is uh, who we uh, we uh, put together here. All facets of it: players, bench, everything. Mascot? Who Who's the? <laughs> it's the New Jersey Devils mascot too. <laughs> it's it's gotta be it's just yeah. a devil, right? Or uh, Bailey? We could do with. I don't know. Yeah, Devils mascot. We'll go. I was gonna say with uh, mascots, oh, no, I would hate the fire mascot. Oh yeah, that could be it. Yeah, we can't. Stupid penguin. <laughs> yeah, we'll go with that one. Come on. Yeah, no. Yeah, screw that penguin. Get out of here. Come on. Let's wrap it up here. That's plenty of podcast for you folks. That's a lot of podcast. Yeah. That's a lot of podcast <laughs> while you're sitting there doing your work from home and listening to Fly Purple under quarantine. But that's your Flyers Killers team. These guys we love to hate. Well, really, we'd actually love to not even have to hate them because they wouldn't be destroying the Flyers every chance. But that's your team. Yeah. And 
If you have any feedback for us on the Flyers Killers team, and maybe we missed a big name, maybe there's somebody that you oh, particularly yeah. dislike that you wanted to mention, uh, reach out to us on twitter.com.org.edu.ca. You can reach Craig at Sports Are Bad. Uh, yeah, so I am doing this uh, Best Call Against Every Team uh, series. I did the Western Conference these first two days. Uh, Atlantic Division will be out tomorrow, and then the Metro on Thursday with an article on Friday talking more about Rick McLeish's goal in 1974 uh, to win the first cup. And then also I'm going to be doing some of these. Uh, it is rivalry weeks at SB Nation this week and next week. That's why we're doing the uh, Flyers Killers team this week. And then we are going to, on the website, just do a why we hate this team for every team. And I am doing the Leafs, Canadians, and Lightning. And also... Saw on the sheet that uh, I think the Sabres are still up for grabs, which I might also grab, uh, but I don't know if uh, I'm going to grab that now before I start, you know, writing these other ones and miss out on. So I want to get want to get at least three of them done, maybe four for next week, so I can dump on all these teams. It's going to be bed the video of the Barnaby Lindros fight and call it. A day. <laughs> yeah, it's just a mo- it's just whatever. It's just Barnaby's stupid ass smile in like that old Sabres jersey, and that's just. That's all the article is. It's just me copying and pasting that. So all that's going on. Uh, I am the fact that going... they never traded Satan to the Devils is just devastating. <laughs> Get uh, I am going to uh, yeah. Go ahead and tweet us though if we uh, if you feel like we missed any names here of uh, guys that have kind of. And I'm sure we have. I went for the biggest overarching like guys in franchise history, but there have been guys. I want to talk about Fedotenko too, which uh, so I think he did have six goals against Flyers in 2004. We, I think we've been here for a minute. If we kept talking about guys that just went off on like one series to take them, uh, take them out. But, uh, this could be a twelve-hour yeah. podcast, honestly. I mean, and, we, yeah. if there's one thing that we could say about Flyers fans that we 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 hate a lot of people. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they, yeah, exactly. And uh, I don't think people would. Uh, I don't know if you should say the idea of us doing a twelve-hour podcast. We're getting the dire times, and during normal times, Steve, people are looking for like four-hour, five-hour podcast too. So I don't know. If, uh, I don't know. Still got. Yeah, I, I can't. I have to edit this stuff. I can't do that. <laughs> yeah. So, but look for that's so that's what I'm doing uh, this week, and then once all that uh, is done too, I'll have. I was going to look at um, how the flyers played against the uh, teams they have faced in the round robin. I know Kurt just did a preview of that similarly. I was going to go back and do, um, try to do more tape breakdown or like kind of break down how the goals are being scored or how the Flyers are giving up goals against those teams this year. And also, because I do have a new computer now, I want to go back and do the draft bar profiles. Couldn't really do that on front book, but now that I have that, I'm going to go back and do uh, some draft profiles on people in 2020 and then also Flyers prospect uh, uh, like season reviews. So look out for all that to be going on like in the next couple of weeks. So all that, all that's happening. Get ready. So yeah, that's what I get. That's, that's everything. Brace yourself. Craig is coming. <laughs> Brace yourself. Brace yourself. Forsyth is coming. Brace yourself. Blues. Canucks. Now. There we go. From the, the St. Louis <laughs> arch to the, Canucks, I can't come up with anything because who cares? Red Wings, Thrashers, in a minute. Not right now, just in a minute. Wait a second. Oh, those poor, poor Red Wings. Poor Red Wings. 
All right. Well, Craig, if sports are bad, you can reach me at FlyPerbole or at Esteban. But for your hockey needs, please make it FlyPerbole. Follow BSH Radio. Follow Broad Street Hockey. All of that great, great places to... I can't talk anymore. I've been talking for too <laughs> we long. We can talk for a minute. I'm now. done. All those great places to follow us. Subscribe, rate, blah, blah, blah. Folks, thanks so much for listening. Stay safe out there. Wear a damn mask. Please wear a damn mask. Yeah. And until next time, good night and good hockey. Hello, everybody. This is Fly Purbly. It is a podcast about hockey, mostly the Flyers, but also other hockey things. Like other hockey teams that play the sport of hockey. Steve, but not Steve Hartnell. And Craig, but not Craig Ruby. No, this isn't all those hockey guys. These are the guys who watch the hockey sport. Yeah!